Guys, welcome to my fields. 152, Tony Morales, how you doing? Doing alright, man. How about yourself? It's been a limit pushing day. Just like usual. Nice, nice. Colin sent me the latest uh, revamped, cleaned up, uh, extra long version of Push It to the Limit. It was awesome. Oh, nice. Good to hear from him. He's out there limit pushing himself, working on set in Montana at the moment. He is actually uh, working on the Yellowstone prequel with the T-1000 himself. That's awesome. Very awesome. Peacemaker, Peacemaker's dad. Peacemaker's dad, man. I thought it was just so cool because his, uh, his old lady helped him get the gig. And it's like, all right, now, he, now he's fetting it up, man. Like, yeah, he's like, who you know, get just get booked. <laughs> just go get booked. Pretty much. Love it. Well, how was the week, man? How was the week? Man, it's been it's been busy, man. Picking up with uh, flu shots. We got the new Omicron variant. Um, freaking COVID shot in. So people have been trying to get that. And uh, every day, every day, you know, hustling to get more and more shots. And freaking, you know, it's a lot. Not going to lie. Yeah, my homegirl got uh, COVID last, uh, let's see, she picked up her daughter, uh, homegirl Abs, Abby in New York, she picked up her daughter from her mom on Sunday, mom was sick, found out mom had COVID Monday morning, baby got sick Monday afternoon, baby's throwing up all, all on her all day, Monday and Tuesday, and Wednesday it happened, and she's still just knocked out, man. And I was like, I messaged this uh, morning, like, it's been a week, man. I haven't heard of a long time of someone getting knocked out this this with no improvement. You, get, you hit the freaking urgent care, and you know she, she's got the plan. Uh, she told me like you know like that's what you know they told her like she's got to go in a couple days. And, but so yeah, new variant. I guess it's not really over, but it's kind of over. But it, you know, at least we're not on. Lockdown. Man, we're 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 get we're getting there. We're not there yet, man. Freaking. Just because people are out, oh my god, the pandemic's over. Okay. Just because you say it's over doesn't mean it's over. It's still a thing. Yeah. You know, my uh, my thought process is probably going to be in like a yearly thing, like a flu shot, but could be right, could be wrong on that. Who knows? I'm worried to get any more jabs, man. I'm hoping it's like one of those like where I've got sick enough, like, you know, like we talked about it before, like, you know, chicken pox style back in the day you know your mom finds out something mm -hmm. in class that's chicken pox she doesn't keep you home she sends you to school just get it over with yeah. but i can't yeah, say that be done with it i haven't lost anyone thank god and but i'm not i'm not an expert i'm just i got my worries and you know that but you know hope things yeah no definitely man it's definitely something to be concerned about freaking take precautions freaking you know, I, I like to think we're on the other side of it, even if we're not completely done with it. But you know, it's it's still real, it's no so matter how much you think it isn't. Right. You so. got to be careful. It's not like we're going out yeah. and on the subway or nothing like that. I mean, like usually, like like we go out, we're like in like like when we went to the flea market, that was pretty open air, and even then, like when we're at Mile High, it's pretty breathable. It's not like we're in a port a party with everyone, but, you know, I don't want to jinx nothing. It's all fun and games, champ. I'm port a party with somebody. Uh, 
Time out one of my ex-girlfriends. Not bringing that up. Uh, that that wasn't me in the porta potty. I had a, whatever, dude. I had an ex. Whatever. I had an ex-girlfriend tell me how my recent ex-girlfriend had like taken shots in a porta potty at like South by Southwest and sent me the photos. And I'm like, we were dating at the time. Like, why didn't you tell me? And she's like, I thought you knew. And I'm like, of course I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that happened. I'd like to think we live vastly different lives, but I've had my fair share of uh, interesting exes. So. Yeah, I know, right? So one time I didn't tis have a one-up on you with some crazy nut bar woman stuff, but it's good to talk to you. Good to do minefields, man. Got a little bit of the the bubbly here. The Cavassier. Yeah. The Wednesday night, the Wednesday night fiesta continues. Correct. And uh, so we're doing a we're we're doing a that should be a shirt. The Wednesday night fiesta. Wednesday night fiesta. I'm writing that down. Abolita friendly. It's just Abolita on the back. <laughs> Hold a forty. Hold a forty. Or just, or like, that we can do the the variant where it's like one in a thousand, you don't get the her in the 40, with the 40, she's like rolling up a blunt or something like that. I, I know a few people whose grandma's taught them how to roll a, a, a legit blunt. That sounds about right. All from Juarez, Mexico. Aww. I have the best stuff there. Yeah, they do. Some Filots, some Adidas. Some Puma pants with the... Some, Ava- some Avengers. Some Avengers. Some Thorg. <laughs> Dude, if they... Like, what really made me mad, like, uh, was... Okay, so the guy that designed those does, like, parody stuff. He's actually in, mm-hmm. like, the Tinder swipes that that Jennifer was going through. And uh, they, they... Oh, they, is she? Was he? Yeah, they put him over in that. But then I was like... It occurred to me, if they release Avengers stuff... I'm probably going to Oh, lie. somebody's going to. I would. Somebody. <laughs> I would. Somebody's going to. Thorg. You, you know how much it'll cost? Ocho dollars. Ocho dollars. Ah! <laughs> that was the... Hmm. I didn't even feel robbed on that. I mean, if it's Jericho, I mean, like, you know, he's Y2J and my hero, but the Ocho, I mean, like... That's one of the. That's one of my favorite references in movie like references of all time. What year did that movie come out? Ten plus years ago. God, that thing came out. I think like in two thousand. Let me look it up. I, I, I want to say like two thousand seven. Maybe Jericho's bringing it back to prominence. No, wrong. Two thousand four. That movie is eighteen years old. Sheesh! <laughs> that movie, that Jer- Jericho still so Jericho bringing it back to reverence. Yeah, the, the demo god man, freaking uh, eighteen years. They can buy cigarettes now. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Jericho works in mysterious ways. Yes, he does. Yes, he does, and he he got put over tonight. I was I gotta say, and this is something I have in my notes here. I am not betraying Y2J Kershaka, my hero. But the, I wanted him to go clean over. I mean, obviously he had to do some heel stuff, but uh, that was...
probably the worst Judas effect I've ever seen him land. And especially, like, I mean, like, uh, Antonio was, like, landing those gnarly uppercuts, man. I mean, like, he was connecting. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, everything he was doing was just clear and present awesomeness. And Jericho uh had some good ones like when he countered uh off the top rope um holy like uh, it was it was beautiful uh going for a power bomb he flips over i mean just flips with the legs it was it was it was beautiful but it was a weak it was a weak juice effect after a uh really poor performance from on aubrey edwards and i'm i think she's excellent i think she's five stars i think she's wonderful but the the performance of like being distracted after uh, Claudio accidentally getting kind of knocked into her. She just, she was a little too dazed on the corner, and then looking like it, it was a bad acting job. While Jericho landed the uh, the the freaking um, the nut shot that she didn't uh, that, gotcha, that gotcha. she didn't see. Um, but uh, once it happened, okay, Jericho champion of ROH now. I love the throwback belt. Um, old school style and I mean it just makes sense to me like if they're you know the rags are saying that the ROH show's coming why not put Jericho in charge as a champion for a while I mean they did with AEW man why not yeah I mean I think the thing about it is too though is freaking well first off there's the fact that Jericho's now the Ring of Honor world champion and Daniel Garcia is the Ring of Honor Pure Champions. So you've got that whole thing going on there. Right, and he came out. He came out and, and gave him the, the, the knuckles, man. Like, it was cool. There was respect. Nice. But yeah, I think the biggest thing about it is freaking the fact that, you know, Jericho's whole thing for the last couple of months has been he's a sports entertainer and we beat up wrestlers and all that. And freaking now this sports entertainer has the, the top pro wrestling title and i think there's a lot of cool avenues you can go with that and freaking you know on top of the obvious name recognition you get with chris jericho as your world champion you know if uh if the ideal with tv for ring of honor is close at hand like he's definitely the guy you're gonna want to want to put in there and see you know see how these how the rest of the roster once it really sizes up where you can see how, you know, how they're going to run. Cause you got a you know, guy with Jericho with the helm is great. But, you know, you got to, we got to define this roster and see who's going to be a part of it to really kind of see if this TV show, when it happens, freaking has any type of legs. I hope it's got the best legs, man. I hope it's got the old school legs that they had before the pandemic where they were doing, I mean, they were doing small shows like, like you know the Chesapeake and OKC and like it's not like it was small mm-hmm. small but like it was big enough to be as big as Ring of Honor should be but the also big enough but not small enough that there was missing seats and it, it was still cheaper than AEW tickets would be plus the, there was all those extra little wonderful things the streamers the the smaller stage mm-hmm. you you were closer and there there was people that mattered there peppered in with the people that you might not know about but because they were next to the people that mattered um you didn't feel like you were watching a bunch of bush leaguers you felt like you were watching a bunch of up and comers and i really miss that i really miss that about yeah. ring of honor 
No, definitely, man. I, mean, I think it's, you know, the biggest thing I always felt Ring of Honor missed in its last few years is they didn't have big, like they didn't have that one star to take them to the next level. Like probably the closest thing they had the last few years was probably like a Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal. And he's a he's a phenomenal wrestler, but freaking he's not like people like real hardcore fans will travel to see him. But like if you're not a hardcore, it's not you know, it's it's not the same. Like and there's there's certain times you can get away with it. Like freaking, you know, Brian Danielson would definitely work in that role. Chris Jericho would work in that role. But that's, it's it's putting together a complete team and freaking separating it from AEW. Like, they don't, you don't want to do Raw and SmackDown where it's like, oh, this guy's going to show up on both shows every week. Yeah. And then it's, you're just, might as well just be watching AEW, just watching Dynamite. Well, we could do a new. It makes, it makes the show, it makes the show missable. Missable and it makes the actual appearances less special. And, yeah. and and I want to do like a new metal comparison, like where like are you gonna to go to Family Values that everyone goes to, Corn, Orgy, uh, Ice T, uh, Stained, or if you're hardcore, are you gonna go see the Deftones with Will Haven and Bad Brains, and maybe like at a lesser extent like Cold Chamber or something like that, open it up for them. Th- those are the hardcores with like the the purists, and I really feel that that's what Ring of Honor really had going for it, especially compared to like. Like, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the next tier up in between uh, New Japan and Ring of Honor was Impact. But even then, it didn't feel that special because you know the way they were filming the shows um, post TNA, uh, where you know three or four in one day, and you know how beat the you're reading the rag sheets, and you're like, like these guys are running ragged and you know run four or five shows, you know their entire month all at once, and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. the the crowd was pretty empty and I, I, th- I think you get what I'm saying yeah no I, I've been in those shows like Ring of Honor I remember the first Ring of Honor show I went to they they did the open tryouts in like 2010 and me and a buddy of mine went when I was living in Amarillo and we went up there and we tried out and freaking um just kind of see what happened you know and uh I remember we we went to one of those and it was four TV tapings in a row, and freaking like you know Ring of Honor was amazing. I remember it was at the ECW arena, and I actually saw Jerry Lynn wrestle Steve Carino in those TV tapings. Nice. And freaking the uh, the main event of the last show. I I want to say it was for the first ever Ring of Honor TV champion, if I remember correctly. And it was Eddie. I remember the match particular. I don't remember if it was the first the first champion, but I think it was was uh, Eddie Edwards versus Colt Cabana in the finals. Awesome. And freaking, I couldn't have cared less. I just wanted to go back to the hotel and pass out. And I was like, this this it was a great match. It was awesome, freaking. But I just I was I was burned out. I was done. You're done. Yeah. Just too much too much wrestling in one night. And I'm like. Not only am I paying he- to be here, I am legitimately trying out for this company. And I'm like uh, the guy, yeah, the guy. No, I didn't. I didn't leave early. I stayed for the whole thing. But you get the concept but, I'm talking about. You're just. It's yeah. not. I feel you. Like I, I was in the, uh, I was in the one, I was in the same tryout group, um, 
Matt Taven was there trying out. Mike Bennett was there trying out. Brutal Bob Evans was there trying out. Vincent was there trying out. All the uh, all the East Coast guys that got picked up and freaking, you know, did so much with it were there. And freaking, um, you know, it's just, you know. So, I mean, it, you know, it, they did pick up some guys off of those freaking tryouts. But I just remember being, like, at the end of it, I was like, man, I'm just, I'm just tired. Like, we ended up, we ended up going out with Jerry Lynn that night and going to the the bar with some of the guys and, you know, rubbing elbows and whatnot. Nice. And, and freaking, um, but yeah, I was just like, I just don't want, I just want to go home. Go and like, not only did I have freaking, you know, a big, you know, big wrestling fan, but I was also trying out for this company and all I wanted to do was go home. Nothing wrong with that, man. I mean, Sucked. you get that brand. I mean, you, I, I had, I had extra incentive to stay, and freaking still just like I, I just, I, uh. No, I, I feel you, man, and that's that's the feeling I felt when I would, you could tell, uh, show four, whether or not you had watched one, two, or three, by how burnout like, mm-hmm. everyone, everyone was, and like even the crowd was dwindled. Like they just they they tried to keep everyone there, and I mean, God bless them. And I wouldn't, I don't blame them. They did everything they could to stay afloat. I'm not crapping on that at yeah. all. It's 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 just talking about it's it's just talking about like um like doing things sparingly, and I mean like you get too well, much. It's keeping once. things fresh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's keeping things fresh. It's freaking, um, you know, with the with the live shows weekly. If you're able to pull that off, you get that excitement factor of like anything can happen. You know, I got a you know your freaking you know commercial hits. You're running to the bathroom. You're running to get some more food because you want to see what's gonna happen next. Dude, just like your brother's, like yeah. it's on, it's on. It's like that. Sp- yeah. It's that sprint from the 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 freaking bathroom from the or the mm-hmm. or the refrigerator like jump across the couch and like because there's no hidden like back in the day there was no hidden you know pause yeah i mean yeah and freaking if it's taped show it it's that that excitement's just not there yeah it's the same thing if like if i'm you know you're watching a pay-per-view that aired the previous night and you're just like i i, I can't i can't look at my phone i can't look at my phone you know i don't want any spoilers freaking and then you're like, it's it's just not the same when you're watching that show. Cause you're like, you know, it's already happened. Right. So like, it's not, you know, if something crazy happened, there's every chance people already know or freaking your boy, your buddy's going to text you or freaking anything could happen. You know, you freaking go on Instagram for a second. Oh, yeah. you know, and new champion, blah, yeah. blah, blah. That happened to me earlier. The acclaim. Yeah. I'm like, all right, all right, that's cool. They deserve it. I'll watch it later, but. After that, yeah. I was like, "Okay, no more." Yeah. But I mean, that's it, man. For just you know, even even if you're able to avoid the spoilers, it's still it's not the same as watching it while it's happening. Agreed. Agreed. The the live aspect of it. Um, huh. I always download them after the fact because I'm not paying for cable. I mean, like my dad gave me his login for Directv, so if I make it home in time from work, and you know, I found out today that I have to wait for the West Coast. Uh, premiere, which sucks because mm-hmm. I never, I never thought about that because I always hated paying attention to like East Coast Central Mountain, like when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and it just, it just, 
frankly, always just annoys me seeing that. And all of a sudden, I realize that 8 p.m. Uh, freaking Pacific is 10 o'clock hours. <laughs> or 9 o'clock hours. 9 o'clock hours. And now I'll never forget that because, like, I got as much far as I could. You, you, you were caught up. I caught the first half. You caught the second. But um, yeah. the Jericho match with Antonio was great. Um, uh, Claudio! Yeah, Claudio. I keep saying Claude Antonio. I just keep saying the wrong Swedish name. Slash Italian. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's okay. I get things wrong. Anyway. Um, MGF, barn burner of a promo. Uh asking William Regal how to pop pills. I almost like, I, I haven't laughed that hard. And like, I can't, I really can't remember the last time I laughed laugh, that, that hard. Gotcha. Um, I'm surprised he didn't go after Mox and is, uh, uh, going to alcohol rehab, but it was low hanging fruit, but Regal was on commentary. He didn't say anything. And then Shivani, Shivani got knocked over and just, how dare you do that to Tony? I love that man. I like once I can find that. Yeah, that, but then they turned around and had a freaking pre-tape promo with Shivani in it, and I was like, "That's really just that's poor placement." The promo should have been later, or out before. That you know, been... they really shouldn't. Have, they shouldn't have had Tony on TV any, at any capacity after he fell down. Now, when when it comes to uh, how your psychology when it comes to like the the first match needs to be like one of the best if not the mm-hmm. best um are you would you have been cool with that mgf promo being like the beginning of the show or no you because you for mjf's mjf is special yeah like he's he's a guy freaking that you put later on in the show because people are gonna watch him like some some people, I'm like, I don't know how many, obviously, but like, a certain amount of people are going to freaking, you know, once they see MJF, they're done. That's who they want to see. That's their boy. Once he does what he's gonna do, they tune out. Like, you save that. You make that a big thing. Like, you should always have, like I said, a good match, or like a good, a good opening promo. You can do that too. But you know, there are certain people that are special. And freaking those guys you want to have later on in the show, us like for us personally, you know, with, you know, with a being a local show, you know, there are people that will just get up and go, you know, "Oh, this is my buddy from work. I'm here to support him." As soon as freaking he's done wrestling, I'm out. You know, I'm not. This is my friend. I am not. I'm, I'm not a wrestling fan. I'm just supporting my buddy. Yeah. And freaking, you know, and that could be a huge thing. You know, see those people. You know, if if you know that, you freaking put them later on in the card. That way, they're you know surprise them. They're you know watching the show. They're and freaking maybe they'll, maybe they'll get into it. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they will stay. But freaking another, even if they leave afterwards, it's freaking they're they're missing one match, two matches, as opposed to freaking oh he was in the opener, and next thing you know, twenty people just up and leave because you know, their friend wrestled, so now they're done. Yeah, man, it's like that back in, like, the indie, like, uh, freaking, like, rock scene or DJ scene back when I was in it, like, and I was in bands and I was DJing, like, I'd have friends that would come see me, but if I mm-hmm. got placed early, they are like, well, he's off, we're out. Yeah. We're out, or you, you, you get to, like, the indie wrestling show and, like, 
the or band show like I'm talking about, and freaking like the 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 twenty people that are there are all the family, girlfriends, and like best buds, and then the, their band's gone, and then poof, a quarter of the crowd's gone because they yeah. they had cheap tickets or free tickets actually, and uh, mm-hmm. you're just trying to put butts in seats, but like you know they were just doing you a solid, but. If you go on first, and they don't have to stay, but if you give them a little bit of incentive and get to get into the other bands, the other wrestlers, and yeah, that's a great point, man. Uh, and I only wanted to bring it up because, like, uh, I like, like, considering how much we do with production, like, um, it's always mm-hmm. kind of a crapshoot, and I really enjoyed seeing how, like, us at New Era do things where it's we don't follow a formula, but it's always about what's the most exciting in terms of perfect placement the best we can yeah yeah well, i mean like i said booking a show is ebb and flow you know you got to give them something they're really going to want then you give them something to kind of bring them down a little bit they bring them up that's you know that's a lot of how it works you know freaking you don't want them you don't want them to lose their mind right before freaking the main event and the main event doesn't deliver and then you're like oh yeah because it's you know you know the most important parts of the show are how they end, and then how it begins. Right. Give them a reason. Give them reason to stay. Send them home happy. Right. Well, uh, how did you feel about the second half, man? Uh, that was good, man. Freaking, uh, you know, came in. I came in on that MJF promo. Freaking, we had Pac versus uh, freaking Orange Cassidy. I'm not the biggest Orange fan. He went. I, I, he went it, hard. It worked, but. I thought he went hard. He went guns blazing right off the bat. There was very little like, you know, freshly squeezed gimmick there. He he was wrestling. Yeah, he, he did. I'm freaking, but you know, Pox, you know, Pox, one of my freaking probably top five favorite wrestlers going today. Love everything he does. Freaking, um, I like the fact that freaking while he's in Death Triangle, he's a you know, wrestler's wrestler, but then he turns around and freaking he's not afraid to be a uh, a jerk and freaking cheat. You know, and freaking you know, freaking Pac's great and everything he does. Freaking love him. Freaking they had a pretty, they had a pretty decent little uh, women's four-way match with, uh, it was Britt Baker, Serena Deeb, Athena, and Tony Storm for the women's belt. It was, it was a good match. Uh, Tony Storm retained. Good. I was hoping for that. Uh, freaking... I don't know. I'm gonna... Storm's great. Freaking... I mean, I'd, I'd be interested... Like, it's still... The women's... The women's... You know, women's division just kind of... Rotate... It's still rotating around Britt Baker. Which I think... It, it's not necessarily a bad thing because she's... You know, I don't necessarily think she's the best wrestler in the women's division from a purely technical standpoint but from a personality standpoint she is head and shoulders above the majority of the women there and that's you know that's important when you're building a division you know i think uh you know there's definitely some more stuff they could do with her but uh they utilized her to bring in the debuting soraya formerly known as Paige. oh yeah so that's super interesting to see you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they actually do with Paige. If they're going to, if she's going to be a wrestler, if she's going to be, you know, a, a manager for somebody else. Considering this, it'll be super interesting to see what they actually do. 
considering what's happened to her, do you actually see her wrestling? Do you? And if you do, do you find it irresponsible to let her wrestle? Like, like the way they would let dudes that were too hurt to work in the W WBF back in the day into WCW and take that risk. Dude, they, they, they do that today. Come on. Freaking, uh, it's, it's real funny how, you know, Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan in WWE, you know, oh, I'm going to, you know, he was like, oh, you're, they're too hurt to wrestle. They're too hurt. You know, we care about them. We care about them until they were like, oh, my contract's almost up. And if I don't, I'm going to go wrestle somewhere else. And then magically he's cleared to wrestle. Right. You know, whatever. Like freaking, if they can make money off of you, they're going to want you to wrestle. I don't think it's necessarily as bad as it used to be. But I also think freaking, I think, you know, AEW's got, you know, they've got their doctors. WWE's got their doctors. Freaking, um, I don't think it's one is overly more responsible, like, responsible than the other one per se. And freaking, uh, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know if she's going to wrestle or not. She didn't, she didn't speak. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with it. If, like they're actually, yeah, I mean they might do it, they might not. Freaking, but I think they're going to be some. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with her. Always, that's my girl, man. So that's my girl. Yeah, this is going to be like I said. It's just going to be, you know, if she's if she's if she's deemed you know physically fit to freaking you know, wrestle, then tremendous, you know, let her, let her wrestle, let her come back, let her build, you know, we've got a whole bunch of people over the years, you know, CM Punk, freaking Edge, that have, you know, come back from injuries, you know, and, you know, it's, it can be, it can be a legitimate thing where they're back for the long haul, or, you know, it could be something where freaking, you know, somebody's injured, they come back their first match, they're injured again. Yeah. So. A lot of uh, people are made of porcelain, and they're trying their best, but it might not be. Yeah, it's not even that, man. It's it's people people thinking they're ready and they're not. It's freaking, you know, people not listening to doctors sometimes. It's freaking. It could be any number of things. It could be the com- it, you know, you know, it could be the company pushing you to come back before you're physically ready. Yeah, and that's that's you know that's AEW, that's WWE, that's all of them. You know, it's not. I got as far as that goes. I'm not going to say one is more right or wrong than the other one as far as the feds go, because freaking everybody wants to make a living. Everybody wants to, you know, protect their job. You know, if people feel like you're, you know, milking the system because you're out for injury on a consistent basis, you know, they might, you know, they might make it a point to be like, hey, we need you to come back. And if you're like, no, you're, you might be putting your job in jeopardy, you know, and that, that sucks. That's a terrible thing. And I hope the, I thought those days were over, but it's still probably not. They may be, they may not be. That's the thing, you know, freaking people, you know, people need to make money people. And you know, the guys that are on to the guys that are in control of these companies need to freaking see a return on their investment. Cause that's to, you know, to the. The, the guys in charge that's what the wrestlers are they're an investment oh, i'm giving you this much money you know with the thought that you will bring me you know this much or more in return 
Have you ever personally seen that? Not at the no, at the level I've worked, no. Because freaking, it's you know, a lot of times freaking people are you know people are just trying to make you know it's it's not where you're you're living off of your exclusively off your wrestling paydays, you know. But I've definitely seen where guys have come back, you know, before they were ready, and they got hurt their first match out. I've seen guys get hurt. We've talked about it off air, you know. I've seen guys get hurt repeatedly you know can't you know i'm not going to say per se if it's their own fault or the fault of people they're wrestling of course not but if, if you're repeatedly getting hurt there's obviously a problem and that's kind of what you know i'm talking about is that's what people you know some people in these spots are looking to avoid because that's that's an extra stress when you're freaking your living is based on what you're doing in ring. Yeah, you know, if you don't, if you don't provide, why should the promoters pay you? And, you know, yeah, great. Even if even if you're in a position where you you're capable of doing other things like commentary or managing or talking for somebody else or you know any number of things. You know, it's it's scary to be like, well, heck, if I can't if I can't wrestle, I don't get paid. Or I don't get paid what I should get paid, or I'm not getting paid merch money because I'm not there to promote the shirts or whatever it would be. It's just, Regal said it in a way that I. It can be a crooked business. And I, the way he said it, it, like, I've heard the word crooked before, but he, he said it more like in a bent stick way. Not like it's like okay. not like it's entirely like you get into this business and you're gonna get screwed. He said it. He said it in the way like a bent stick way, and he had a certain degree of warning to pay attention to your surroundings. And mm-hmm. uh, in that, uh, I think the Jericho interview, uh, that two parter. Um, I like talking wrestling. I like talk. I love talking the business, especially with you, because like uh, I've got a, a mentor in that. Like you know, you and I have a lot of different roles as friends. But when we talk about wrestling, mm-hmm. or we're actually in the business and in in the thick of it, you know, things we we have a we have an interesting dynamic. But like, mm-hmm. I, I I in no way want to insinuate that it's a a bad business. It's a wonderful business. It, it's it, it's it's full of 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 make-believe and wonder you know the can't think of a better word at the moment but you can say crooked where it's like you see you're gonna get screwed ah more than likely something might happen whether on a, on a lower level but the way he said it he said it more as a bent stick pay attention to where you're walking and pay attention to your surroundings not that it's like stay away or that this isn't something that's not honorable and because yeah. in a lot of times it, it's one of the best parts of how honorable it can be and um it's nice having this sort of conversation because i don't feel like we're hating on the business it's just it is what it is right yeah hmm. i mean it's definitely you know there's definitely times when it's you know it can definitely be a best case worst case thing with wrestling i love hate if you will but uh yeah i mean without we get we start digging deeper into this it's going to be 
the entire podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's freaking. It's, it's just gonna. It's just gonna dig in you know, one rabbit hole to another rabbit hole, and yeah. next thing you know, we're following the white rabbit. Yeah, yeah, we we've got uh, other awesome things to talk about, man. Like uh, just back to the ethos of minefields. What we walked in minefields. It's constant testing of of the mines of, of exploring different things. I mean, obviously. Uh, it's one of the best things that ever to talk about wrestling because anything can happen in wrestling. Like the sky could open up and someone could literally beam down if the promoter has enough money to make that happen. Um, and if you're into it, you know, I, I think Rick Flair did that at a Starcade one time. Really? <laughs> pretty awesome. sure he came. Pretty sure he showed up in a freaking spaceship one time. That's awesome. If I remember correctly. Well, uh, like uh, back to our own way of life. Uh, we got wrestling. We got a new era. We got the hunt. And, uh, man, you made off like a bandit this weekend, and so did I. Well, you go first, because it's my, uh, what I made off with is my, in, what's in the box. Eh, I don't know if I made off like quite the bandit, per se, but, uh, wanted to go into, uh, our topic for the evening. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, we, uh, you know, we're always talking about the hunt and going out there and, uh, you know, Sometimes we're looking for keys. Sometimes we're looking for stuff to fill out a run. Sometimes we're looking, you know, sometimes we uh, deviate a little and just find some, uh, some, uh, an interesting comic book we wouldn't have picked up otherwise. But since it was there, you're like, oh, I got to grab it because I might not get another chance for it. Or we're rescuing books that need to be rescued. Yeah, or rescuing books. But uh, one thing we hardly ever talk about is the, uh, the topic of today's, uh, today's uh, show. Dollar bin diving. Oh, and we haven't got, talked about that yet. You know, one of the, uh, you know, one of the interesting parts of um, uh, freaking the hunt is you know finding something, you know, you know on a budget. You know, we uh, we talk. You know, like I said, sometimes you'll pick up a book. You're looking at paying a hundred bucks for one book. And sometimes it's just like, oh, you know, I really want it, but it's, you know, it's so pricey. Or sometimes you're like, okay, I got just enough, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that's that's my book for the day, right? You know, and some, you know, you got to figure out which, you know, what are you, what are you really looking for when you're on the hunt, you know? But then every now and again, um, you know, you might look in, you know, just kind of screwing around, and you're like, I'm gonna take out these, I'm gonna take out the dollar bin, and next thing you know, you find, you know, you find some dollar bin goodness. You know, every now and again, you might, you know, you might find a key that's in there or like a, a low rent key. You never know. A lower, a lower key, not necessarily low rent. But, um, you know, like one of the first things I'll do, because I'm a, you know, we've talked previously, I'm a big run collector. Correct. And I'll, I'll try to get like, you know, my whole, but my big run right now is getting all Uncanny X-Men 94 after four. And freaking a lot of times what I'll do when I'm when I'm really starting out on a good run is I'll go check out dollar bins and I'll get a whole bunch of low low uh you know, just kind of run fillers. Correct. You know, I and that's what I did the weekend after uh I started thinking about it. Cause um you end up we end up going to the flea market and you know, I ended up going to a couple other stores afterwards, getting my weeklies and whatnot, and then checking out some other stuff. But you ended up getting, uh, you ended up, you know, falling out after, after the first store, you know, which we'll get to why. Right. But I, I kind of took, I took a, 
I kind of thought about it afterwards, and I was like, I'm going to go to kind of after, you know, issue 150 where I showed off that I got Iron Man number one, I made it a point to kind of like, I've been kind of heavily considering uh, going into an Iron Man run and seeing how many issues I can get of that. So I ended up going to Kapow, and um, I think I walked out with about 10, 10 random Iron Man issues. Nice. You know, no, no, no big keys or anything like that. But uh, I did end up getting like one annual, and like I said, the rest of them were just more run fillers. So just kind of seeing what I could, uh, what I could start out with. But I will transfer it over to you, so you kind of talk about how we went about fi- um, this idea for the hunt this week. Now. Uh, and I, I appreciate you talking about the dollar bins right off the bat because one of our good buddies, George, over at Muse Comics, God bless him, I remember one of our first conversations, uh, they used to have a, um, a Wednesday afternoon gimmick where uh, if uh, my buddy Gunther would like teach kids or whoever wanted to show up like, how to do sequential story art, like he'd start really basic. It was mostly for kids, but other people, would, older adults would show up just because they were just interested and everyone was welcome. But after it was, they called mm-hmm. it like an artist alley thing, and uh, they would buy us like a couple of like uh, pizzas, and uh, we'd sit there for three or four hours just talking comics and working and drawing. And um, George, oh, nice. George got on this tear about uh, cheap comic books, about how there's no such thing. And uh, it, in, in in hindsight, this is such a like uh, you know uh, kismet conversation because. Uh, he's the one I brought up, uh, I brought, uh, X-Men 27 to, to validate, remember? Yep. Like, where I got it for a legit dollar. And, uh, Merry Christmas, by the way. Um. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> uh, but, um, he was talking about, like, how you can never discredit a comic book simply because it's not popular. And that happens all the time. He was talking about working, uh, I think he said he was working in Florida, and how they couldn't give away copies of Men in Black. Really? He said Men in Black was in the dollar bin. They couldn't give that comic book away. And um, now it's priceless. Uh, it was yeah. an old school Malibu comic. For, for you listeners, Malibu was a almost semi-regional, more local imprint that had enough of a printing ability that they were the ones that handled the first major runs of image comic books. If you open any image comic book for the first, uh, like young blood, wildcats spawn, you'll see the Malibu comics imprint at the bottom inside the first page. Um, they were the ones handling the actual physical printing of the books, um, because image needed that until they had enough to get, get it on their own. Now, um, we're at the flea market. This is what we do. Uh, random, yeah, we'll meet up. Hunts on. Freaking, it's the Colorado Springs uh, flea market off of Platin Powers. It's one of my favorite places on the planet. Yep. It's freaking dead as doornails there, man. And I usually see it packed, but I'm usually there on Sundays. But uh, we go into mm-hmm. the, you know, like the in, like if you're at a flea market and there's an inside place, that that place is going to be way more expensive than everything else. But they have, what, like three comic stores, uh, one guy that sells, like, exclusive pops. There's another guy that has an epic video game store um, in there as well. Um, and uh, 
the uh, what's the what's the name of the uh, store that we went to that those two gentlemen were running? Um, I can never remember what the actual name of it is. I know it's run by Mike and Frank. Yeah, we'll take pictures of it next time to make sure we got it and get any business cards. But freaking, uh, when we first walk in, and I immediately attempted by the Hush Batman McFarlane set, forty bucks. I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. this is it. This is like the forty because I had a, I had a, I had my um, some extra Venmo cash I got from doing some photos, and uh, my petty cash in forty and some like two quarters I found. Like outside of gas station or something like that, just they were there and um, no, no. Looking around, I found some beef for vendettas. Uh, it was like eleven and twelve of the semi original run, and um, you're looking around and like you know we, we do our thing, man. It's like you know we, like hey, what are you looking at? Uh, what'd you find? We don't rush each other. Just you know, just we're just chilling, you know. And a uh, little dis- yep. little disappointed, nothing has caught my eye, and I was like. Hey, dollar bins. Now, what really caught my eye about it was that they were obviously on visual immediate first look impact is that they didn't have boards. They were in bags. Yep. They were good enough to be in bags. And all right, let's see what's going on here. Okay. Oh, wait, the exterminators. I had a couple of these. I never got to finish my run. This is issue eight. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve. What? It was like what the what the heck is going on? Like like, it, I just keep seeing the the magic words and my first actual uh, impression of watching the Sandman uh, Netflix show was that I was expecting one thing and one thing only. After, immediately was the Vertigo Shimmer at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, biggest dream of mine that never happened. Uh, my own fault. I never made a comic in time. Uh, was that I wanted to be published by Vertigo. It, all my favorite comic books yeah. are from there. Uh, Sandman, Preacher, uh, Exterminator, uh, Vinyl Underground. I, I like. There's there's so many, uh, and all of a sudden I just I, like you were like directly in front of me on the other side, and I was like I found a juicy vein of vertigo, and you're like cool, go for it, and then I just started pulling stuff out, and I'm like I saw it was like dollar bin or fifty cent, and I just didn't give a crap and just started piling stuff and organizing things, and you come up. And you got your bag, and you're like, what the hell? Uh, yeah, I think, you- <laughs> I think I got like three or four comic books at that point. Yeah, and you come up to me, and I've so got... I got a couple, a couple of Batman, some Iron Man, nothing huge. I got stacks. Like, <laughs> just all around, like I, 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 like, I nested around, like, there was like, what, like nine yeah. long it was boxes? Th- it was three stacks. And, uh... Freaking, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. I mean, um, and that's my what's in the box uh, for this for this week. But um, now, no, before we get there, how many comic books did you freaking end up? Because I had bought four issues. I'd got like Iron Man 6. It was like 7 I'd got uh, Miss Marvel, like 9, which is the first appearance of Deathbird from uh, Lalandra's sister from X-Men. Yeah, it was like 70 and or 80. A couple other ones. I want to say it was like 79 just to like be generous or and not overshoot mm-hmm. it. But uh, I've never bought that many comic books in one sitting before. Yeah. Um, he gave us, he, he did give me a deal. Like uh, I did a little bit of the math, but. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he like 50 cents a book. 50 cents a book and um, 
I told him stop at eighty, and he's like, it's eighty nine fifty. And I like you were in the other kiosk, and I'm like, hey, I need to borrow like ten bucks. And you're like, I've got nine. And I was like, sweet, and I opened my wallet. I, I remember I had that fifty cents. It came to the exact amount of money I had for my petty cash. And I was feeling a little guilty, like, cause you know when you like make a major expenditure that you weren't planning on. And um, mm-hmm. I know it was only eighty nine fifty, but even then, I mean, like, you get surprised that you're gonna spend that much. It's it's. It, but then when it came down to the exact literal cent that I had for petty cash, and then I, you, you went off somewhere, and like I'm paying for this, and I'm like over, overly thanking the guy, and he's like, okay, man. I'm like, he's like, I got more boxes. I'm like, just I don't care, vertigo. I don't care what it is. I got I got like ninety boxes in my store. I don't care if it says vertigo, I want it. And he's like, all right. I'm like, hey, nice to meet you, Josh. He's like, okay, man. <laughs> like, like, like the, the, he's already tired of the pleasantries. And I'm and, uh, and then I can't find you. I, I rounded the place like five times and I couldn't find you. And I found you in the literal last place I saw you, which I swear I went and like looked in the first place. And uh, I had to sit down and you're like, I'm going to look around some more. I'm like, cool, I'm going to go outside and smoke because like, you know, I wasn't broke, broke, but like my petty cash was gone. You wanted to look around somewhere. I wasn't, yes. was gonna stop you, but like, like I already pushed my luck with with the hunt that day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I didn't want to like get greedy because I just found that juicy vein like a gold digger and uh, uh, freaking just sat outside. I was outside for like 30 minutes, like organizing this, and like you're like just like, damn, <laughs> like ah, all right, one. Abuela strikes again. Abuela. Lo siento, abuelita. Freaking, um, but yeah, um, that's probably what's in the box, but, like, before we get to that, just trust the hunt. Like, in, like, the, uh, I, I try to explain it to people, but they, they, they kind of nod politely, like, like, we're two different veins. You've got your list. I've always just worked on Kismet. And there have been yeah. many a time where I've just randomly said, I really wanted this. And, like, two stores later, I find, like, the whole set. Like, like I'm going to go back to Ultra, like, that one time. Like, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you're like, okay, you got to start getting more in the hunt because, like, you know, find something more. You're kind of pushing me. And I was, like, I, I was hesitant because I didn't want to, like, test the universe, like, to, you know, mess with me. Like, I, I, I kind of want every single Vertigo comic book ever. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we talked about that freaking a uh, couple months ago. I'm freaking. Then you find that and you're like, well, you know, it ain't everything, but it's a, it's a good chunk of it. Yeah. But I got. Uh, so that's my what's in the box today. I've got some various issues of Bike Club. Now, some of these I was pulling out from my collection because I, or- like, uh, I, I got such on the jazz. I went straight to my. Um, storage bin and pulled out all my short boxes and started trying to organize stuff but at the store at the flea market i got a couple bunch of issues of codename knockout um most of outlaw nation juicy vein of the invisibles first second and third runs almost all of the oh nice almost all of the exterminators except issue one in like 22 um, some Vertigo Jams, The Geek, um, wait, this one, uh, this one, remember the one I told you, like, I don't know what this is, not Vertigo, that's a, uh-huh. red, that's a Red Sonia book, hold on, oh, okay. disconnecting my, uh, 
headphones. Sorry about that. Uh, let's see. Blood and Water, the entire set of that, the entire set of Egypt, the entire set of Spaceman, which is a uh, Peter Milligan book. No, Brad Nazarello. There's another run of Peter Milligan in here. Uh, a ton of the losers. Almost most of the losers, including the iconic. That's what the poster was. Oh, nice. That's, yeah. That's what the poster was. Um, losers. Uh, the entire second set of Black Orchid, which the first set, I believe there's only three, and that's Neil, written by Neil Gaiman. This is like part two. The Grip. Okay. Um, what's this one? Ver a couple of Vertigo Pops, which is kind of like a catch-all be-all. Some Nemovore, the entire set of The Goddess. Uh, entire set of Dead Enders. Most of American Virgin. And that one was, that uh, the first one that caught my attention, actually, now that I remember correctly, was the my fingers first landed, and I'm going through, and I first find um, American Virgin number one. Uh, written by uh, Stephen T. Seagal and Becky Cloonan. I actually have two of these. I should have given you this the other day. Um, it's what you do in the hunt, by the way, boys and girls. You hook up your buddies when you got dupes. A witchcraft. Uh, some dupes of time of your life. Clean room. Uh, skin grafter. That was a weird one. And that one is The Adventures of the Tattoo Man. And I've got two issues of The Kitchen, by the way. Uh, this, they made this into a TV show. Oh, did they? It's, it's about uh, these three chicks that are like basically the, uh, what do they call them? What do, what do Jersey dudes call their uh, side chicks? Their Goombas? No. What is that word? I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Jersey dudes call their, their side chicks a specific word. Goombas? No, no, that's what they call their buddies or people they don't really like. Their pico de gallo? Their pico de gallo. Nope. They're a little pizza pie? No, it's like a Wale. What the heck? I feel like if I say it. No, Wale right. is a rapper. I know that one. So anyway, my my my, my guma, <laughs> my guma. That's that's what like it's it's it, that's that's basically the the mobster dude that's got a wife that he loves and a and a bunch of kids. His guma is his side chick, so like Debbie Major from freaking uh, okay. uh, from Goodfellas, the the chick that, that used to be in all the Madonna videos that was cook, like separating all the coke. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's his guma. So like these three gumas, um, basically, their their dudes get sent away, and there's a power vacuum, and they take over. Anyway, I got two of them. Uh, Clooney didn't. Did it. Nice. I, I grabbed it just to rescue it. And again, save the good comics, guys. Because you get a good comic that's worth something or is just valuable just on aesthetic alone. Just save it. It's a dollar. Hook your own, hook your homeboy up. 
freaking going through dollar bins with Tony here, and all of a sudden he hands me off a flight number something. Like, hey, first lady death strike. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Better first prince of forge that one time. <laughs> oh yeah. For a dollar. Yes, For sir. a dollar. Yes, sir. <laughs> or, or, and just to reminisce, you're on the hunt, and you're just randomly talking about straight comics, and one of us goes. What was the first appearance of Strife? And then, boom! <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It does happen. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens, man. Just just trust trust the hunt. Anyway, but thank you. I didn't mean to go off on such a tangent on that, but, like, I just, like, uh, like I got, I was so excited. It was, like, basically after, you know, a, a good, long, uh, love-making session, and you just, like, I've had enough. I don't need to tempt fate anymore. I'm going to go outside and smoke a cigarette and thank whatever gave that granted it to me the thanks and just sit and enjoy this cigarette nice yeah no i mean not only that man freaking uh you know gotta hook your brother you know your buddies up on the hunt and but sometimes you have to pay your debts yes you do I- i'm all caught and that up. ends up being my uh yep that ends up being uh mine today because due to the fact that uh Mr. Michael here, Mr. Joshua Michael, paid off his debt. This week in the mail, I was able to get Action Comics 340, the first, first appearance of Parasite. First Parasite. And uh, I was a, uh, Abuela caught up until about 15 minutes ago, so now we got a dollar. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> But yeah, no, man, action, uh, this is one I've been kind of searching for off and on for a while and freaking never able to seal the deal until freaking uh, this issue here, so super excited. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, you know, Parasite's one of my uh, favorite uh, Superman villains. Not that I'm a huge Superman fan, but it's pretty cool to have first appearance of Parasite. I'm a big, uh, big Earth One fan and one of the first villains that superman faced in earth one was parasite nice most excellent find there friend way to trust the hunt oh that one i just bought off of ebay tell me you got it for ten dollars do... <laughs> uh it was, it was it was more than ten dollars but not uh not dramatically more than ten dollars what's you gonna get you with your abuela money that's uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save that one because freaking I'm uh, I'm deciding between two or three different books at the moment, a couple different uh, avenues I can go with. Mm-hmm. So if uh, we get there, I will let you know. Now, uh, the gentleman over at the flea market has promised that he has pre-ordered spe- Speeding Bullets um, McFarlane figure. I have made up my mind I will be purchasing that particular action figure from him. Nice, simply, nice. Simply because of the Mad Vertigo hookup. I cleaned them out, man. <laughs> I pillaged them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, dude, I think I think when you... Because it was 50 cents a book, and it's freaking $80. That is... It was, eight, you know, it was what, eighty nine fifty? you said? It was eighty nine fifty. so... You divide... That is over 170 comic books. So... In one in one freaking fell swoop. Eighty nine fifty divided by point five times one hundred and seventy nine. Now let's just say, hold on, let's see. Just because Vertigo is usually on a standard for price uh, times two ninety nine. Five hundred and 
$35.21 minus $89.50 means a total net profit of $445.71, son. Beautiful. Nice. Beautiful. And they already have the, the bags. I just got to get some boards because these these uh, ladies and gentlemen. I have to call you the, uh, the dollar bin bandit now. Dollar bin bandit. I, wear, I finally wear a mask. It's true. It's true. Well, uh, yeah, man. No, it was it was a good uh good hunt. Freaking. Like I said, even if you uh, sounds like seems like you won, even if you only went to one store. Especially if you were specifically looking for one certain thing, and you found it in droves. Hey, man. We we all have our W's. It's been a while since I had a big W like this. I think the last big W I had was leaving. Um, was it All Star and um. In a freaking um, uh, Amarillo? Yeah, all star. Uh, no, all uh, Big Apple was Big in Apple. Amarillo. Big Apple, Big Apple, because I scored, I scored Ultra and that huge mess of freaking Wizards. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. Yeah. No, definitely. I got those over here. Yeah. No, man. Freaking, it was him. It was a good trip. Freaking got a uh, quite a bit of good stuff. Like I said, I picked up. Several, pretty much, pretty much set. I'm going to freaking try to see what I can do with this Iron Man run. I'm also getting back into uh, Batman at the moment. I'm working on getting in Batman. I'm working on. I got about 15 issues of the 500s before I'm done, and I started working on the 600s. And I'm actually currently working on trying to find every part of Under the Red Hood. Nice. Which I believe is issue 635 through 650. I think I'm like five issues away from that. That's awesome. Including issue 635 itself, which is the first appearance of the Red Hood. So, kind of see what I can do with that. Freaking, hopefully I can get a, get that together here pretty quick. That sounds like a pretty good cocktail, brother. Yeah, no, I got because on top of that, if I freaking can collect the, uh, if I collect if I can finish up the five hundreds as well as the six hundreds, I've already got the seven hundreds, so put me at every issue of Batman from issue, I think three ninety six or three ninety seven, all the way to current. Now, see, I really want you to really finish these epic collections. But I'm gonna buy you a McFarlane action figure for your birthday coming up. What is it? October first, third? Yeah, first. Yeah. First, yeah, I was right the first time. I'm I'm gonna give you your first uh, taste of crack cocaine. <laughs> no, I'm all right, man. I'm trying to try I'm, just trying to say no to drugs, kids. Say I'm, no to drugs. I'm trying to think of which one would really get you, and i'm thinking clayface but clayface might be too you know abominable like too i mean i i failed with where, the. where would i do where would i put it <laughs> where where would i put it in spacious morales manner hmm well i mean you could always just if i ever if i ever readjust my office <laughs> and get a get a good uh good spot to put it in maybe but like i said man it's all slippery slope downhill from there man you get freaking that can't just uh you can't just stop at one i would appreciate that i give you something that you're going to be mad at me about for like the rest of your life <laughs> see at least on the upside with the uh the box of suicide squad figures you and colin got me 
At least that was like a complete set, so I could just call it done. That's where I went wrong. <laughs> That's where I went wrong. It's entirely where That's you went wrong. That's where I went wrong. You got the whole King Shark at once variant cut, variant one with the bloody mouth. That's where yep. I went wrong. All right. That's exactly where you went wrong. Had you got me a piece, I'd have been hosed because I got to get all of them. That was a killer box, man. Killer box. But yeah, all right, so the hunt abides. Oh, yes, the hunt abides. The hunt provides. That's, that's another the shirt. The hunt never subsides. That's, that's another shirt. But yeah, no, man, forget, but yeah, it was a good, uh, good hunt. Forget, I ended up going back the next day because, like we talked about, I'm looking at making a, a pretty huge deal with a certain uh, a certain salesman there. I freaking haven't gotten a chance to uh, get that done yet. Yeah, we'll let you know his name once we clean him out. Uh, I don't know. They're getting cleaned out of this. <laughs> this uh, it's going to be ridiculous. But yeah, man, no, it's a... Uh, yeah, like I said, it's good, man. Freaking getting getting some interesting pieces in lately, which is awesome. And having some fun collecting, and that's you know in and of itself the whole point. Try and just have a good time with it. No, it's always a good time, man. We gotta yep. we gotta still uh, freaking figure out a way to get to this uh, minefielders. Um, we're not gonna just just put in perspective when your homies are out partying after a show getting loaded Some, the bucks have talked about it you know chilling with rollins and kevin owens back in roh days while everyone else was out getting loaded they were sitting around going to bed early hitting the gym in the morning and freaking planning their next move and uh one of the uh, templates to the success that Mr. Morales and I have had is that rather than hit the bar, we hit up Applebee's. Hell, we've even shared a couple of appetizers and a two for two. And uh, we've got the, and it does happen, yeah. It does happen. We got the unlimited unlimited wings for like twelve bucks. We're, we're that's happening. <laughs> that's happening. Uh, so yeah, uh, let your friends go out and party. Go plan your next move, friends. But uh, that's wow. That is true. Wrestling, the hunt, what's in the box, all successes. I say we take a quick break ski before we get into the meat and potatoes. Because it's a juicy week this week, man. It's true. Yeah, let's uh, take that break, come back, we'll get into some comic books. Getting the latest BRB. All right, we are officially Abuela Friendly again. This is part two of Minefields, number 152. And a three, and a two, and a one. We're back. Quick little break see you there. Take point on Nightwing, brother. And I will do the dun 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 dun, dun. It's a story of a man named Dick Grayson. Why don't you be a man named Grayson? Man, he was... But yeah, no, we got a Nightwing issue 96 barreling towards issue 100. Oh, yeah. Like my, like my, uh, my sidekick here already said, we had the, uh, the Brady Bunch inspired cover, which is pretty awesome. Sidekick. Uh, oh yeah, you were totally the sidekick. I, I'm <laughs> I, I'm a I'm an arch nemesis that is reluctantly working with you at best. 
No, you are totally my sidekick. I'll let you have you're it not, today. You're not even the you're not even like the good sidekick. You're like what's the uh, what's the Punisher sidekick? What, what am I, little? Oh no, you're you're like uh, what's Deadpool sidekick from the movies? Oh no, Weasel. I'm not Hydra Bob. I'm not Weasel. I'm at least Hydra Bob. <laughs> <laughs> you're totally you're totally Weasel. I'm I'm at least the little wooden boy from the Tick. <laughs> no, you you know you you are totally you're Weasel man. You're freaking. Like, you lost the Deadpool. How'd you bet against me? Of course I bet against you. Because I sabotaged you, you the You were totally thing. that guy. Uh, yeah. I'll let you have it today. Alright, so as we uh, as we ended last issue, Haven is on fire. Freaking due to Blockbuster. Yeah, give me just a moment. Cool. No, man, they, they really kicked it off really well, man. Like, uh, everything's on fire. Babs is in incommunicado, not by her own uh, abilities to get a hold of Mr. Dick Grayson there, her beau, her Romeo, her wonderful man, who has just been exposed as dun-dun-dun, the same guy that Blockbuster also hates. And now, let me ask you. The one thing, because, like, the whole place is on fire. Yep. Block, Blockbuster is a formidable foe. It's also the name of the best uh, indie wrestling show on YouTube. Uh, paid mark, uh, trademarked uh, pending there, uh, New Era Wrestling. Uh, yeah, we already got pinned that. Yeah. Anyway, um, throughout the battle, I mean, this, I mean, like, it, it's not a Spider-Man-esque uh, little battle there where he's, like, making quips and making jokes. Blockbuster... <laughs> is saying the atypical freaking, uh, I own this city, or I am this city, and like, hey, uh, how many times you practice that? In the mirror, after you got out of the shower. Because I don't care. And it, it, it wasn't little quips, it was, but the, the big sword that's dangling over my head is, what the heck are you going to do about him knowing who, the, who you are? Yeah. Um, he knows everything now. He knows maybe not everything, but he knows enough. Now he knows he enough. He knows freaking. He knows your Jake Grayson. He knows freaking the mayor. Your sister is working with you. You know he know you know freaking. He's, he's got everything he needs to blackmail you. And if he's smart enough, he'll realize that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Uh, Barbara Gordon is you know Batgirl, uh, and all your freaking cronies that I see you hanging out with. Uh, they're the Bat family. Like, there's a big problem here. Yeah. Yep. You know, that's something that, you know, Dick Grayson is thinking about the whole time. You know, as he's, you know. And he turns around and he's like, you know, the one thing, you know, if you know I'm Dick Grayson, the one thing you need to know about me is you don't mess with my friends as he ends up kicking him out of the second story building. Oh, that battle on fire. That was amazing. Like it, it doesn't matter who I am or what you think I am. You know nothing about me. Like all you know is is that you hate me and you can't stop me and boom out the window. I mean Blockbuster took what like a six or seven story freaking tumble on that one? Yeah. But no, he freaking yeah, and then on top of that, you know, he get, he hits the ground, and freaking one of the little kids that lives in Haven threw a, a puddle of you know pail of water on him, and is like you know this place doesn't belong to you. 
Now, a couple of things we missed while we're doing this is that the, uh, you know, you know, Dick's trying to get you know, Barbara to get a hold of the, uh, the fire department, and we find out that they're there, and the uh, the kids that live there are trying to put out the fire themselves using these pails of water. And not only that, we've got two of Blockbuster's cronies, the Electrocutioner and uh, Brutal. Brutal. And you know they're about they're gonna they're gonna come in and save their boss, Mr. Brown. And but it. before they get in, Barb's and Batwoman are like, "We're gonna you know, let us show you something." You know, we don't see we don't know what it is as of yet. Yeah, they had not revealed that to us because everything else had been revealed to us in terms of like how you know Flash was stopping that like what like uh, shipment of drugs and uh, who was stopping the Teen the... Titans were helping out with the. Uh, with them, you know, they were doing the human trafficking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, the whole, and you're gonna, what do the girls what know? What do the girls know that we don't? Exactly. You know, and as uh, Blockbuster's just running towards the car with uh, the Brutales driving while Electrocutioner's hanging out of the sunroof, you know, they freaking, they reveal that, um, Batgirl and Batwoman let them know that freaking Blockbuster owns Bloodhaven Private Prison, and he let both of them rot there and let their friends die there, and he's owned it the entire time. And you know, his hench his henchmen are just like you know, basically screw you. It's a big deal, and I love. It, yeah. it, it, just real quick, uh, now, the, the problem with private prisons, this isn't me being a conspiracy theorist, the thing about private prisons as opposed to federal prisons is, if you go to a federal... We've seen Longest Yard, we know. Yeah, I know, like, uh, they, they can they can keep stacking on on your on your sentence in a private prison. I mean, you can, some guy can start a fight with you in the showers, completely unprovoked, and next thing you know, you've got an, an extra assault charge that just added an extra year on your sentence. I mean, they, they just keep stacking on it. You're not, there's no court appearance for these extra stackings. So they specifically said, just like you said, private prison. Blockbuster owns this, and these guys were rotting there in, like, what he say, like, the worst prison he's ever been in. Like, that's, yeah. that's it. Like, someone that's been in prison in Gotham said that? You have a problem. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, I love the imagery of while they're driving off. And he's flipping, you know, flipping Blockbuster the bird. With the DC Comics Authority. Like, I, I, it, it made yeah. it better. And they've got the approved by the authority code. Yep. The Comics Authority freaking sign over everything. And it's just, there's, see, three, four, five, six, seven, ten of them in these two panels. And it just, it's amazingly funny to have them freaking utilize that. <laughs> it was hilarious. Because, like... Like, what What better... Like, they could have killed him. They could have bullet in his head if they wanted to. But it was better that they just left him there rot in the, for him to be exposed. And they, they, they made off. I mean, I kind of hope that Babs and the Batgirls and uh, the rest of the Bat family thought it was hilarious enough. Yeah, we'll get them later. <laughs> like, it was yeah, fine. we'll catch up eventually. Yeah, it'll be fine. Let them go, let them go have a drink and cool off because they probably have earned it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, do you want to take over this next part? Oh, yeah, man. Like, uh, the mushy parts are always my favorites. I mean, like, freaking, uh, we, we got Dick doing the whole 
superhuman, like, babe, we can't be together. You're in danger. She's like, screw you. She laughs, she laughs her head off, and she's like, it's not happening then. F that. Like, yeah. ser- seriously, like, we're both superheroes. It's like, I'm not a damsel in distress. And he, she flat out asked him, and, like, this is, like, one of the things I like the most about this book I mean, there's so many great aspects of it, but I'm I'm a freaking cheeser on this thing, man. It's like, she's like, how's it been since we've been together? He's like, I've been in the most danger I've ever been in my life, but I've never been happier. And she flat out says it. You know, Oracle and Nightwing, Batgirl and Robin, Dick and Babs, forever. And he says, that sounds pretty perfect. And we got a wonderful shot of the smooch. And uh, we head to uh, the the coup de gras here i mean like the the sword i was talking about i was worried the most i mean like i was so worried like what's gonna happen because they know what you know that blockbuster knows that dick grayson is nightwing and then yep he's so he, he's so down and out he doesn't even have he can't even hail a taxi he's running in the he's running in the uh the freaking you know the 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 darkness of the alleys and here comes old uh freaking um uh heartless yeah, good old, good old should have been dead, heartless. Uh, what, what did you think of this scene? Uh, I thought it was fun, man. Freaking, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what's gonna happen. Um, freaking, you know, you know, freaking, you know, heartless is just like bad day, and you know, blockbuster just looks. He's like, I killed you, and he's like, I did, you did, I got better. I got better. And he ends up pulling out a specially made uh, bazooka. Grappling his, his gun, gun that <laughs> yeah. grapples their heart, it steals their hearts, and freaking, he's like, I needed to make a bigger one because I didn't want your heart damaged. You know, I have a use for it, and he's like, your corrupt heart will still be the center of Bloodhaven. It'll just be beating in my chest, and as Blockbuster just dies right there, oh. with his uh, heart ripped out, he's like, your city will be mine. As he just walks away. Problem solved, kind of? Yeah. I mean, like, we don't even know... I mean, like, I'm going to be so mad if you're right that uh, Heartless is Pennyworth. But even then, it'll be a cool reveal, but uh, we don't even know what he gets from it. I mean, like, I mean, like, there's... You watch a zombie yeah. movie, like, they eat the brains, they, they're they sustained. There's certain zombie movies, mm-hmm. they eat the brains, they get all the memories. Um we could have that sort of situation on our hands where we still have a problem, but we don't really have to worry about it for a while because Heartless is probably going to be in the shadows for. I, I really don't think uh, that Heartless is going to be our, our next baddie. I, I really think that. I feel like they're, they're heading towards issue 100. I feel like he's got to be the baddie. Well, we also. Like, have... I, I feel like 100 is going to be a huge reveal. Either, either Heartless goes after Nightwing. Officially, or bad, or freaking, we get the reveal of who Heartless is. Man, so they've been they've been saving this up for quite a while. That certainly scares me because if it's either the reveal or like I'm gonna call you at two in the morning crying, you're like, is Babs dead? <laughs> you tell you, <laughs> like, because I read it Have first. A good day. <laughs> I I read it first, or even like freaking. Uh, we still got you know Dark Crisis to finish up. He's still protecting uh, what is it, Animal Boy? What's his name? Uh, Beast Boy. Beast um, Boy. Yeah, we, I mean we still got that story to wrap up, but uh, I, I really hope because we I've talked about this many times before. Like you know we get one issue 
if that of the Fantastic Four after a huge caper that's lasted four years of like some piece that lasts more than twelve pages, or in X Men mm-hmm. it's like three or four pages. But if if they're building all this awesome love story between Babs and Dick, and then they they take Babs from from him, I'm gonna have an issue. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, Heartless debuted in Nightwing '81, so for the last almost year and a year and a half, almost two years. Yeah. They've been building towards this, and we haven't really had too much interaction with Heartless and Dick Grayson. No, we have not. So I feel like issue 100, it's coming. Well, did you uh, bother to read the uh, preview for this uh, new series coming up, written and illustrated by uh, the one of the Grandmasters, one of the Godfathers, Mr. Mark Silvestri, Batman and the Joker deadly duo, where the Batman and Joker apparently team up, Black Label style. Seven issues starting in November. I I loved it uh, because I just love the uh, the way that Silvestri does. It's if you pay attention, Silvestri is nothing but lines. There's no filler. There's no filler. It's all lines. Stippling is yeah. I didn't read it. <laughs> uh, when you're when you're learning just basic artist techniques, uh, stippling is when you're doing a bunch of dots. Uh, Silvestri mm-hmm. Silvestri is nothing but cross hatching. That's just lines intersecting and going in certain ways to insinuate motion. And this is like the cross hatching is even uh, simulating the uh, freaking um, uh, bends and folds and Bullock's freaking gloves, man. I mean, like it, this is gorgeous in, in a in form wise. When you're learning art and you're you're getting taught how to understand it, like. Form is just the actual process and how it's made. It's ink on paper with, you know, just just lines, you know, or they, you know, they, they splashed a bunch of acrylic and then they, they're spray paint over it. That's just the particular form. Form-wise, uh, I, I kind of would like a much rather of this band, especially from Black Label that pushes the limits on art and storytelling, for this to have been a mm-hmm. black and white issue to really show off... Sylvester's fortitude when it comes to just really slaving over the details and I mean like I'm looking at this I'm zooming in on um, Bullock's no uh, uh, Batman picking up uh, a severed hand that's still holding a gun I mean like rigor set in that quick and it's just lines there's no curves it's just lines um, it, it's it's something else so I'm really looking forward to that and the other thing I'm not looking forward to is how long it takes Sylvester to do any books. I mean, we're, like, where I was complaining about Jock taking too long on, like, One Dark Night, which we still haven't even got issue three yet. Um, yeah, that's right, huh? Yeah, um, it's going to be a like, long... The, those books take so long to come out, I freaking forget which ones are freaking still in motion. Right. Other than freaking uh, Old Man, uh, the Swamp uh, Thing one, that yeah. we're still waiting on issue two for. Yeah. Um... This is going to take a long time. I bet you this is probably going to take two years. It's too, oh, it's too detailed. I mean, I can tell this is all digital, um, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not worried about it. And then, of course, turn the page, and we've got DC Horror coming out. That's not a Joe Hill curated book, which um, I can see why. It's written by Bruce Campbell, the star of the uh, Evil Dead, 1, 2, Army of Darkness. Um, he's in every Sam Raimi book. He's the... Uh, uh, Sam Raimi did, uh, one of the things about Sam Raimi, he always has, um, Bruce Campbell as a cameo and he's in all three Spider-Man, like all of Spider-Man's actually, I think if, 
Well, I can't remember exactly. And he was going to be a Mysterio at one point. At least he, that's what they say. He was the, uh, the the hot dog vendor that couldn't stop beating himself up for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's doing Sergeant Rock, old school uh, DC uh, freaking uh, army guy versus the Army mm-hmm. of the Dead. Okay, fine. Screw it. I'll buy it. DC horror. It's Bruce Campbell. We'll we'll be fine. But uh, nice. Let's uh let's save the Flash for a little bit, man. I wanted to talk about it for a little bit, but it's really. Um, if, if we really went too far into this, I mean, there's some Gorilla Grodd, Animal Girl shows up because, um, uh, of course she does. Barry and, Barry and Fam actually go on a huge caper together and nothing goes wrong. They, uh, experience every type of foe imaginable as a family. And, uh, I, I really don't want to steal that from anyone. Um, a lot of fun. Great art, of course they do. Another push for Batman and the Joker Diddly do at the end. But uh, just, it was a good tweener book. Of one of the few and far between books where you get, like, you know, the, the family issue. Like I said earlier, like four pages in X-Men before the next Keeper starts after the piece ended. And this is a good solid issue of uh, the the Flash family, the, actually the entire Flash family, uh, just really going to it. And uh, I, I, I'd feel irresponsible if I stole that from you. But um, what do you got next, man? Let me see what I got here. I say, uh, actually, do you want to do a freaking Judgment Day first? And we'll lead into that. We'll lead into Expert Red from there. Yeah, of course. Okay, so Judgment Day, I had to really... It's been a while since I've gone into the X-Books because I, they kind of lost me when Judgment Day first started. Um, mm-hmm. sl- we've got two, two forefronts going on here. Uh, the Celestial that the Avengers have uh, made their HQ in for the past two years has now been resurrected and is going on the uh, warpath of judging literally every being on the planet, whether they're worthy or not. And you're going. This particular issue is uh, we've got you know, Star Fox is back, and. The way he gets judged, I mean, like, like the the the, uh, you've got the narrator, as usual, but you also mm-hmm. hear the celestial making its decisions, and none of it makes sense, at all. And we've got um, the the guy on Orcus, um, what's his name? Because there's like so many names here. I'm just going over about here. What's to stop uh, Uranus from doing that on Earth? So Uranus is the eternal. That is currently um, fighting the X Men on Mars on Araco, and mm-hmm. we'll get into that in a little bit. But Tony Stark and Co. are where the uh, Uranus are is going to decide to do that on Earth. And mm-hmm. well, what do we do? Well, we we gotta figure out a way for that not to happen. Now we're going to Orca Space here. The uh, very nice gentleman who hates mutants who is orbiting. Mars at the moment is discussing what should we do, and you know, this is basically he just pones them like you're you're weak, you're human, and like I really shouldn't be working with you in the first place. And uh, the Eternals decide, well, Uranus decides to use unleash the the Unimind, um, basically their ultimate weapon. Now, as this is going on, Professor X 
and co with Star Fox figure out a way to mentally incapacitate this this massive end all be all machine and it works now before we can finish this we actually have to go into x-men red and i'm gonna get let you have point on that one because there's uh what's happening on mars is basically three pages and then it goes into the last eight of this one gotcha yeah, so we uh, we started out. We got these uh, this human and these two Iraqian children, and they're just watching this spider-like robot destroy their town. And as they they're trying to, they're you know the the humans are like I'm gonna we're gonna figure this out. We're gonna make it through this. And you know someone speaks up behind them, and we turn around and it's uh, it's Storm. It's and she's with the uh, members of the Great Ring of Araco, and it's uh, Lactuka of the Stars and Subinar of the Depths, and Storm decides that she get you know she's Storm is pissed, <laughs> and One. when Storm is pissed, bad things happen, and she just she starts trying to obliterate this giant spider-like robot with her lightning. Old school story. And as you know, as her as well as other people on Araco start trying to handle the different things going around them, you know, we go to Magneto who's fighting this giant plastic gorilla and he ends up freaking utilizing another uh, Iraqian's powers to create metal out of his mouth and he shoots these metal spikes through the brain of this gigantic plastic gorilla and it's actually substantially cooler than it sounds <laughs> but if you remember from last issue magneto actually got shot through the chest and he has he currently is walking around with no heart see that's and he is that's what one of the things i have a gripe with and i have this in my notes here is that in you you were correct in the last I issue last episode on the same mars Araco time it looked like he got blasted straight through the chest. Mm -hmm. Did it look like he got his heart ripped out? Because all of a sudden, his heart's been ripped out. That's the thing that kind of kills me sometimes when they skimp on the art. Or, or the art gets too messy or too detailed. I thought, gotcha. he, I, I thought he took one straight through the chest. I mean, like, everything blown out, not heart ripped out, and... Certainly everything that I read to get caught up on this did not really hint that it was heart got ripped out. All of a sudden, just heart got ripped out. Okay, when did that happen? Um, uh, I'm just going to say you know, they get shot out or destroyed when you know he got shot. Like it basically just went straight through his chest and it happened to be in the vicinity of his heart. No, I agree. I'm just saying that I, I don't appreciate how quickly it went to that. Like. I don't feel like the visual was there enough for us to really impact us. Like it wasn't like even like a ah, like a horror movie, you know, like where he shows it to him, like which would have been a little bit more impactful. At least we knew that freaking happened. Yeah, no, I got you. But you know, here, but here we are, like as he's fighting this monster, and he's basically using the iron in his blood and his magnetic powers to pump the blood through his chest, through his body himself by basically sheer force of will 
And, like, it kind of shows how insane Magneto's powers really are when you, you know, have someone who can play with them. I mean, they did two forms of it in this one, like, two brand new forms of his powers in this one, right? That we... Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, you know, Roberto, freaking Sunspot, and the fishermen show up with uh, this this new friend of theirs, and freaking, they call themselves the Night Seats, which, you know, they're part of the, uh, the table of Morocco, you know, and as everyone kind of comes together, freaking, uh, we find out that, you know, all the, all the monsters that the Celestials brought with them, all the creatures, they're just going to keep reviving themselves when they're destroyed. They're healing. So basically they're, you know, Araka was doomed until freaking uh, Storm and her crew show up and she basically, her and Magneto used their powers in tandem. It's their speedball special. Yeah, it basically is. You know, she basically recharges Magneto to the point where he completely and utterly obliterates this gigantic plastic gorilla. And it's it's kind of super cool to see you know these two like it kind of reminds me of the old uh, the old video games when you could freaking you know two mutants or two superheroes with user powers together and X-Men it was like Capcom. a huge thing yeah like yeah. Cyclops would blast the whole screen down in X Men versus Capcom while Wolverine slashing like crazy full Berserker mode and like even the slashes yeah. everywhere yeah I read you loud and clear on that one man but yeah no it's definitely kind of a done of an awesome throwback. You know, and uh, Iska the Unbeaten has turned sides, and freaking they, you know, they need to get her back because her whole power is that, you know, no matter what side she's on, she won't lose. And freaking they're, you know, you know, Storm's just worried. You know, how long can you last, Magneto? And she's like, you know, Magneto's basically like, you know, I'm gonna do what I gotta do. You know, and they decide at the end of the issue that this, uh, this ragtag bunch of mutants and Iraqians are going to completely obliterate their enemy and save their planet. Do what they got to do, man. And it's, I love that, mm. st- that Storm is a legit god, goddess in this. Mm. I mean, like, it's not like where they, they were, like, you know, as a child, you know, they worshipped her. She's, she's the all-powerful, enough to recharge Magneto. I mean, like, uh, the thing that confused me uh, about this was, like, as we get back into Judgment Day, is that Judgment Day shows her holding Magneto as if he's dying, but he's standing here proud, mm-hmm. proud and tall here, uh, you know, light shining out of the open hole, gaping hole in his chest. Um, another thing that... Uh, so I currently, wanna... we have two comic books with two people running around with no hearts. Right. <laughs> I'll bring that up real quick. No, that's a good point. Uh, if, if like, for whatever reason, the Earth ended tomorrow and in a million years, someone found, like, our collection and they read, Mm -hmm. they read anything that Hickman started with, uh, House of, uh, you know, House of Ten and Powers of X, uh, Mm -hmm. they, they might think this is our Bible, considering, like, how well they map out 
like different aspects of the human psyche that are controlled by different people. I mean, this the Great Rings of Araco, the secret history of the Night Seats, uh, the Years of Annihilation, the Trial of Swords, Araco Rose Again. I mean, like, it, it was a nice refresher on things that were very confusing, especially during um, the, um, um, the, the, what was it, Swords of, um, I'm spacing. Towards the ten powers of X? No, 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 no the um, why am I spacing on that? I feel like an idiot. X Men Swords story. Judgment Day. X of Swords. Um, during the X of Swords, it got a little convoluted about the history of Araco and uh, Krakoa, and Krakoa, as we all know from like the early like well, like when did first parents of Krakoa? That was 1975. <clears throat> Giant size of X number one. <laughs> nice. I've heard of it, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> was yeah. that the first experience of Koa? Yep. So, nice. as a Pacific Island, but, like, he was just the living continent, but they always shrunk him. He was, like, more of a, like, a giant beast. And all of a sudden they introduced this extra lore that he's the sister or the lover of a another like yin and yang type thing that got separated in a different dimension that's uh connected to apocalypse and it gets really convoluted uh this little history here uh great rings of Rocco mm -hmm. keeps it wrangles it in i mean because it can be difficult because the rockians i mean they i mean like the, the little girls like you know the like the the way that war is there their culture like you know like i want to help these people uh, insult insult like oh i want to help you guys uh, continue your fruitious awesomeness of everything. Oh, okay, cool. Um, but uh, to rewind or fast forward, actually, to uh, Judgment Day number four, uh, we've got the Celestial that has decided the fate. Uh, they know that the uh, mutants have succeeded on Mars, and our giant Celestial has decided, despite the fact that all the heroes, including Star Fox, who is albeit one of the worst villains, someone that is impossible. Like, he's less trustable than Mr. Sinister, if that makes it, uh, put that in perspective. Um, yeah. And even he has come to fruition to do what's right. And still, the Celestial decides everyone on planet Earth is doomed. You're, you're, you're unworthy. You're, you're disgusting. And um, you're all going to die, and that day is today, and the, we get this semi-splash page of Cap holding up his shield, and he's protected, but the woman he's holding is just shreds. I mean, like, the, the little semi-panel at the bottom, we're going, Cap says, Cap says we're going to die. No. As he's holding, like, the, the, the shield protects him, but everyone else is just annihilated. And we're... I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this because it's a Avengers X-Men crossover that's not some BS thing that happened like with like what was it Axis when Onslaught came back or Avengers vs. X-Men um, those are all crap stories this is getting really good it's it's def it definitely requires a certain amount of literacy when it comes to digesting this you can't just be a casual comic fan and 
immediately understand everything that's going on or even enjoy it. If you do, awesome. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying the probability that you are is very, very small. It's also a challenging book that I know that people that are trying to read this, us included, are getting turned off left and right. Yeah. The only I I read Immortal X Men five X Men Red number five. I mean, there, there's a few books in the this uh, three six nine ten eleven twelve 15, sixteen books so far. I've maybe read three of them, and I understood what was going on, but I just, it it just seemed really convoluted, and it, it 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 made it feel like a chore. But doing it all at once so far, I want to say a good like I want to say like forty percent in. Looking at the checklist, um, it's an investment. It's an investment in the books. It's an investment in your time. It's an investment in your literature and literacy, and also how much you want to decide you want to like look some obscure character up, or someone new, yeah, or someone new that you maybe seen once or twice because there's countless new X Men. Yeah, there's always an amazing amount of them. Yeah. But uh. No, I'm, I'm enjoying it. We've got uh, Turn the Page, Judgment Day number five. Next, it's too late. And, of course, Wolverine's front and center, uh, which kind of turns me off because, like, well, it's still the same old-time story since the freaking 90s or late 80s that Wolverine's part of every freaking team. Like, I told you, I read uh, Midnight Suns number one. Like, this is a Doctor Strange Academy story, and Wolverine gets dragged into it. Like, why? Um... Completely unnecessary, damn it. Yeah, no, it's. I'm always worried about the oversaturation of Wolverine. It's not nearly as bad as it used to be, but. I got. It's kind of. It's it's. Gets that way sometimes. It does. Um. I got. We got one bad day and a couple little one-offs left, right? Yep. All right, so real quick, Alien number one, Predator number two. Uh, won't be right for me to talk about these stories at all because it's the very beginning and they're building something. Obviously, we talked about stories that are in the middle or just starting, but there's still meat and potatoes to talk about, and it's not something like we're going to ruin a big big reveal or anything like that. You're pretty established if we talked about Daredevil. But Alien, yeah. the, the new – this is the uh, third – installment of alien uh from marvel and we got issue number one and we got issue number two of predator the first installment of predator from marvel as well now they start out each story with a beautiful you know open it two pages and it tells you the history of what's been going on with alien it goes back all the way to the you know the stromo uh you know the distress call that introduces the engineer. We get to the uh, the planet that was you know being inhabited. The, the Wayland Yutani was trying to freaking you uh, um, colonize the planet while these colonizers that were religious zealots and we they barely mentioned three, but they 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 legitimize everything in the movies. They even legitimize making a reference to a Dark Horse book. Check this book out. It's an old Dark Horse book out. Awesome. Uh, Predator references the movies, even the later movies, uh, where Predator you know, crash lands in, you know, America. 
<laughs> they briefly mention Predators. They kind of mention Alien versus Predator in in the Alien beginning. But the artwork is phenomenal. They're developing brand new characters, making you fall in love with a whole new group of people within six uh, issues. That's what they've been doing with an Alien. This is the third installment. And um, they're doing a killer job. Uh, covers are beautiful digital art. Like I said, they're making you fall in love with brand new people every six issues. They're making your love of Alien and Predator, whether it's the movies or the comic books. Um, even they've been some references to some of the graphic, well, not graphic novels, but the actual novellas. And legitimizing your love of this thing. Because remember how, like, I don't know about you, but when I found out that Marvel, uh, let me rephrase that, when Disney bought Star Wars, I'm like, great, more money. More, more Star Wars movies. But then when I found out that they yeah. delegitimized all of the uh, Dark Horse comics and all of the novellas that have come out for the past freaking 40 years, all of a sudden those weren't canon, even though it had been recognized by Lucasfilm that those were canon. They're doing the opposite. Okay. Even with the things that sucked. It's okay. Did you like it? No. It's still Predator. Um... Freaking Age was telling me, like, one of his friends, like, or somebody just randomly met, like, he was wearing a Predator shirt, he got the compliment, but, like, uh, my buddy, uh, Kirk, Kurt, he, uh, I'm, I always message him before I read anything Alien or Predator. Did okay. you Did you read it? Yep. Was it good? How dare you not already have it in your hands? Like, if he doesn't respond, <laughs> that, if, if he doesn't respond that way, that means it's crap. But, um... That's what's going on great with the, these these books, guys. And I really hope you, you have a good time and falling in love with a new group of characters. And even though the the past uh, two stories uh, went pretty quick with Alien, how wonderful that it's a one through six and you're not waiting a year for six issues or even 12. They, they wrap it up in a nice little package and then they move on because that's what the Xenomorphs do and that's exactly what the Predators, uh, Predator predators do and also i mean that's what the movies did so you know why the hell not um but yeah let's uh let's take it home with uh one bad day bro all righty yeah no this is uh one bad day book two and appropriately enough book two is two-face of course um you know i wasn't uh i think we talked about book one with the riddler and i personally didn't care for it I thought it was kind of a blatant, um, not a, cash a rip grab. off, really. It was a rip off. It was a rip off. It was, it was a rip off. You know, they tried to do one bad day with the joke with the Riddler, and I, I, you know, I just I didn't like it. You know, but I, you know, they made it a point to say that there are going to be different writers on each one of these eight books they're bringing out, and I was willing to give. Book two, a shot. Two Face, my personal favorite Batman villain, and uh, it was it was freaking awesome, man. I loved it. Watching me get accept accepted with his face. I mean, like, did it throw you off at the beginning with his dinner with Maricano? Just like you're just having dinner with like not really a nemesis, but like uh, I imagine that's what those. Uh, let's get together and talk about working together after I screwed you over in the last fit I worked for. 
uh, dinners would <laughs> would be something like that. Like, but I don't think it's anything like that per se. But it's definitely because the thing about it is, is you've got the mayor of this town, and as well as a former cop, right? And he's sitting here with a man who used to be the DA, the best, yeah. but you know, turned around and freaking became a, a a crime boss, a crime lord, if you will. Because you know, unlike a lot of, you know, I really I don't know, because he, he's just he's a different breed of Batman villain. Like sometimes he kind of toggles between A and B tier. I kind of feel like, but like. You know, he's, he doesn't have nearly as many gimmicks. He's not walking around with his freaking with umbrellas or a flower that shoots acid or control over plants or skin tight anything like that. Leotard, yeah. Like Two Face is somebody like you know it's I. He's kind of one of the more believable Batman villains, I kind of feel like. You know, he's somebody... I mean, when it comes down to it, a lot of it kind of... He seems like he's a guy that has, you know, daddy issues, PTSD, basically. You know, this horrible accident happened to him. And he came out and freaking, you know, he was messy. He, he let all his inner rage that he built up over the years prior out and became this this second persona that he'd kind of always had but never was able to bring to the forefront in Two-Face. Or if you're a fan of Batman the Animated Series, Big Bad Harv. Freaking, um... You know, he's one of the more believable, you know, characters. You can throw in some OCD there because, you know, he has to use the coin. He has to flip the coin. But yeah, we see, uh... You know, we see him having dinner with the uh, with the mayor with Mayor Nakano, and like, going back to that whole thing is like you know, unlike like I said, a guy that you had beef with with another Fed or somebody who didn't, you know, that is that is low key, like you know, unless it's like a big, you know, you're a big name star going from one company to another, and you're having dinner with uh, one of the big bosses, you know, nobody nobody's gonna know who you are. In this room, in this restaurant, every single person there is watching. realizes <laughs> yeah. it is Two Face and the mayor having a meal, having a little drink ski there, and what what's going on? I mean, I mean, can you imagine just being like, I mean, just even if you're not a Gothamite, imagine if like you and I walked into an Applebee's and freaking you know uh, Donald Trump and you know. Putin are sitting there discussing something, just chilling in the dark. <laughs> like that's yeah. gonna be a little offsetting, but it's still it's you know it's freaking Gotham. Yeah, and even even if it's somebody, even if you don't know who Two Face is, you know you see somebody with that kind of scars on their face, you're gonna be like, what the heck happened to that guy? And still, so it's just, you know, it, it's it's unnerving. Like you, you don't you know, you keep looking out of the corner of your eye, but you don't want to make eye contact. You know, and let alone like I said, they're having an actual conversation, or by the end, you know, freaking Nakano offers him the DA position again. That I has that ever happened before? 
I, I can't remember. I mean, I've read a lot of Batman, and mm-hmm. Harvey's redeemed himself plenty times over, and then immediately flushed it down the toilet, even if it was like two years of story, like uh, you, uh, like that one graphic novel we we both read. Uh, but yep. uh, but to get the DA job again, despite the distrust he has, like that was something else. Yeah. So it's uh. You know, it's interesting to see what's going to happen. And then, you know, as he's leaving the restaurant, freaking, you know, he gets attacked. And Batman comes out there and helps him. You know, freaking leaves, leaves him laying. And, you know, Harvey just tells him, you know, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, I'm trying to go straight. You know, I'm trying to get better. And they have... You know, this is like the greatest part of Two Face, is the interactions with him and Batman. Because Batman, you know, to paraphrase the Dark Knight, still believes in Harvey Dent. You know, he still wants Dent. He still wants Harvey to be in control. He still wants his friend back. How can I? Help? A lot of yeah. How a lot I of help? times, there's freaking people. There's people in every in your life. There's like, you know you don't talk to anymore, but man, you wish you did. Like, we've all got that friend that freaking just, you know, went, you know, went somewhere that we wouldn't have gone, and you're like, man, I, I miss my friend, I miss Couldn't talking, I miss laughing, I miss having a beer, or whatever. Couldn't follow, just, you went down a path that you just couldn't follow. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that sucks, you know? It does. Well, we see, uh, you know, we see Batman. You know, we got Harvey over here with holding a guy by the throat, and you know, even then, Bruce is still trying to save his friend. Would you even you know, call he's that? Always... Would you even call that holding a guy hostage, being Two Face with a guy dangling like that, or is that just like a no-win situation? Yeah, maybe, but I mean, yeah, and they're gonna shoot him. And freaking, you know, Batman ends up saving saving him yet again and saving the guy from dying. You know? And it's just kind of a, you know, it's an interesting story. We kind of, we go into Two-Face's, you know, psyche a little bit. And we see, I believe this is probably the first time we've ever seen his dad in current day. But I could be wrong about that. But his dad is turning 88, and he's retiring from his job. And his dad's just a proud middle-class guy that did what he, you know, just apparently you know, handled his business and went home. But he wants he wants to go out with a bang, and he's inviting everybody. And Two-Face turns to Batman and is like, you know, somebody is going to do something at my dad's you know, retirement party, and I, I need you to help me out with this. And, you know, Batman is just like, you know, I'll look into it. And he's like, you know, you know, Two-Face Harvey is just like, thank you. And he kind of, you know, we go into a little bit of, you know, Batman kind of coming to terms that he's actually going to really, like, he wants to help his friend. But he's still, he's still wondering, is he even really my friend? You know, and then he's like, who's going to, you know, who would, 
he's going through the list of people that, you know, who would have anything to gain from hurting Harvey. And it's, you know, it's a long list. You know, everybody from the Joker to Renee Montoya to Carmine Falcone to Batman himself could be a suspect. Or that's when it hit me. <clears throat> what was the name of the Batgirl? And I'm really bad with Batgirl's names. That was like, he's still Two-Face. Oh, uh, that's spoiler. That's Stephanie Brown. She's like... The first female Robin. We don't know. <clears throat> Harvey might not know that Two-Face wrote this note. And like you said, yeah. Batman is even questioning himself. Yeah. And that's that. And that's the, you know, Stephanie points out the obvious, the obvious flaw in the story. And not the story, but in the, in Batman helping Two-Face is that deep down, Bruce wants to believe Harvey is fixable. And freaking sometimes people just aren't. Can't blame him. You know, you freaking, no matter how bad you want to help somebody, sometimes you just can't. There's a Devil Driver song called Impending Disaster. That's a very difficult song to listen to. It's a a barn burner of a metal track, but Mm -hmm. in Impending Disaster... Why can't I help my friend when he won't even help himself? And it's about coming to terms with that. But Bruce, I really hope he never lets go of that. Like, I know it's kind of an older trope now. Um, mm-hmm. Within Gotham, within Batman. I hope he never lets go of, of, of Harvey because, I mean, that might be a good story to travel through. I mean, like something you and I could go through because we've, we're, we've expended so much time on an effort that... I'd feel comfortable if you and I did it. Um, but if all of a sudden Batman gave up on Harvey, it would really destroy me. It would destroy me and, and upset me in a way that, like, just as bad if, if Babs and uh, Dick broke up. And that, yeah. And that's just recent. I mean, that's actually even worse uh, than them breaking up if Bruce finally gave up on Harvey. Yeah. But yeah, and I, Bruce and there, you know, Harvey ends up going to his dad's house with, I'm going to, I believe that's going to be his stepmom. Okay. But I'm not exactly, I'm not positive on that. And he tries to tell his dad that he needs to move the date of the party and his, his dad's stubborn. He's, you know, I've got so many people coming, 200 plus people. And he makes it a point, you know, hey, can I, you know, I'm going to invite Bruce and a guest. So we need to add two more. And that is kind of what his, uh, you know, his dad will take that and his dad will let him add security. If we get to see Harvey, you know, being Harvey for what it is, just kind of, you know, hanging out with his dad and you know, seeing his stepmom. Idiot. And as, as, as he's leaving, you know, it's just like, you know, stepmom's like, see you at the party. And he's like, see you then. And we turn around and she, he's like, I wonder if you get plastic surgery to fix his face again. Like that is somehow the, the only problem he has. But yeah, I know we, uh, we go to the party and freaking the bat family's on high alert. You know, we see them bringing in balloons and, you know, they're checking it out. And we got, uh, you know, um, Stephanie Brown's sneak, you know, sneaking in 
while Cassandra Cain's Bruce is plus one, mm-hmm. and Oracle's watching the entire event unfold. You know, we see him. We see him. You know, we'll see Harvey's dad, Harvey Senior, making his speech, talking about his legacy and how it will. You know, his legacy's prevailed. And freaking, you know, all of a sudden we notice that the, uh, you know, the guards are gone. And they're trying to figure out what's going on. And, and as, a, you know, Batman and the Bat family are piecing everything together, they start wheeling out the birthday cake. So this is his birthday as well as his retirement party. And, you know, Batman is trying to, Batman is piecing it all together. He gets attacked. And they, uh, it's going to be, you know, part of it is that it's the balloons have a gas in it. But on top of that, you know, as they wheel out the cake, which is a giant, giant cake, you know, Harvey's dad takes the, uh, the first bite of it. And we realize that yet again, of course, Harvey, you know, Two-Face is the bad guy. So, I only got three quarters in this, so I didn't realize that's what you meant earlier. <laughs> I, uh, I was reading this and made my quick chimichanga while I was finishing up the Daniel Bryan and Orange Cassidy match, and uh, did not realize how... Uh, wasn't trying to be right or do a spoiler earlier. My bad. Very <clears throat> good. But yeah, you know, as the, uh, you know, they're able to get the balloons out before anything happens with the balloons. But Harvey Senior takes a bite of the cake, and you know, Two Face basically comes out and he's like, you know, you should really get help, Dad. You know, did you hear me? Run! And as he starts running, he ends up, you know, he says no as he he collapses, and Two Face just following behind them. It's your big day. And we see half of Harvey Sr.'s face just start falling apart and basically it looks like it's bubbling up and melting off. And as Harvey, you know, Two-Face is about to flip the coin, Batman knocks the coin out of his hand. And he's going to turn the gun on his dad, but Batman stops him. And his stepmom sees what happens to, to Harvey Sr., and he looks up and stuff like, what has he done to me? You see her just gasping and covering her mouth. And as, as his dad realizes what he's done, what his son did to him, he just, you know, he's like, please don't run away. And he's like, I need help. And Batman and Two-Face are fighting. And you just hear the gun go off. As a uh, you know, Harvey Senior freaking kills himself, rather than live like that. This is uh, and uh, yeah. I see where they're and going. we end up. Yeah, it's you know horrible scene, and we end up coming to we got some De- you know Deb Donovan's talking, talking you know kind of giving a giving a recap of the events. You know, how Two-Face, Harvey Dent Jr. attempted to erase his father's new wife, Deidre's, from the public record. And turns out that, you know, it was flagged by the county clerk and revised. 
and we see two uh, Two Face in his cell, just kind of talking about you know, and talking about his father. And he's like, "You and my father are a lot alike. You would have liked him, I think. He was also a man of black and white, with secrets, and you know, hiding his pretty new wife's mistakes." Oh. And we see that he's actually in jail talking to Batman. You know, talking about how his father was a man that hated complications. And but he, but he could never see what was right in front of him. And basically that, you know, his dad should have seen that he was two-faced the whole time. And, you know, we see Batman leave. You know, we got Two-Face over here talking about... Uh, now he's, you know, he's frozen in time, a good man forever. And that's what happens when good men die. He's like, is that why you fight for Harvey every, you know, every time? You know, he's like, you're fighting, you know, you're basically fighting for, you know, Harvey. You still want this dead man to come back, basically. And Harvey's, Harvey's gone. I'm, you know, he's all two-faced. And he's like, yeah, I wish, you know, you could see what I see. And then we show up and we see, you know, four to five people at the memorial service for Harvey Sr. Talking about how he was a cherished member of the community, a loving husband and father. And then night falls and spoiler and Batman are at the, you know, saying their goodbyes. You know, talking about how, you know, there weren't, you know, there weren't all that many people there. And freaking, you know, as Batman walks away, he's like, you know, Harvey didn't, you know, Har- he's, he's both Harvey and he's Two-Face. And spoilers, just like they both got their way. And once again, everyone else got screwed. And Batman's just walking away, thinking about how Harvey and Two-Face are both his, his friend and his enemies. And we go back, Harvey's just like, Batman is my friend and my enemy. And he's like, you know, as he flips his coin, he's like, will we meet again? And he grabs the coin in his hand. So we don't see what the answer's going to be, even though we know what's coming. Agreed. I think the... Uh, I think the icing on this anti-cake here is that Harvey, as he was talking about the pain he's gone through with his dad, especially uh, for all those people out there that have problems with that actually a really good dad, despite they whooped their ass a couple times. All right, you got it. That's two. One more. That's two. Uh, did pretty well on this one. Um, is that he was trying to prove who the better man was, and by the better man, who could live being being a hideous monstrosity. Mm-hmm. Harvey, you know, like I, I, I think it's pretty hypocritical i mean like he was trying to i really think he was putting trying to put his dad through the test he was the better man but Mm -hmm. harvey didn't have a gun in his hand when he got that poison or the the uh acid thrown in his face yeah so hypocritically he wakes up in the hospital takes a little bit to get his hands on something to you know put a bullet in his hand but but then like two-faced is already fully manifested as opposed to, I think he was trying to test his dad if his dad could live with it being deformed. Possibly. But the, 
the thing about it is too is that freaking you know like we talked previously you know the 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 personality break was already there right the physical de- the physical deformation is what just brought it to the forefront yeah. he already had the the split personality he did but it's definitely it's definitely an interesting thought process to think about you know what uh what could have happened you know to you know if you know his father was like that for a month three months six months would he have still been the same person it's you know that's the whole concept of one bad day because like a lot of uh, a lot of the batman villains if you break it down could really be it, it's basically bruce wayne if one thing had gone wrong you know penguins story. got the got the wealth of bruce wayne or had the wealth of bruce wayne until he lost it and then freaking had to regain it through criminal means you know the joker would have been bruce wayne if he had given into the insanity after his parents death you know two-face you know be, what if freaking bruce had a, a mental break when his parents had died you know, there's any number of Batman villains could have been, you know, what Bruce Wayne became if he had gone down a dark route or if he, he hadn't had an Alfred there to steady him. Correct. That's a good point. He's been a perfect storm. I mean, there's been some Elseworlds tales where he did lose his mind, and but mm-hmm. nothing that really would be so... I mean, we talked about this last time, but what's canon? This is totally canon. Mm-hmm. This is that good. <laughs> this is that good. I mean, you can insert this yeah. in anything. I mean, it didn't really do too much. It just solidified, uh, what was the, the Robin's name? Um, spoiler. Spoiler. Because um, she's with the other Batgirl, the one that's the in all the blackface. Um, not blackface, mm-hmm. full black mask. Cassandra Kane. Yep. Yeah. Two-thirds of the Batgirls. Uh, we're going to probably have a 3.25 uh, Flash, uh, Flash's daughter. She met them, and they immediately approached her uh, within the uh, pages of uh, Flash uh, when they were gearing oh, nice. together. And they both came up to her and like, hey, we're going to be your new best friends. No, we want to be your new best friends. And she she pones so many people in that Flash issue. Uh, but again, I don't want to ruin it for you, but like just the, the way that it was, it was one of those like, yes moments um, of just the Bat family awesome. doing what they're supposed to do. But this one, I mean, like, she really... She played by the rules here. There wasn't this wasn't one of those issues where Robin was going rogue and like doing something like I I knew needed this and I had to do it and you know Bruce is getting mad uh, but uh, freaking um, this it, I I feel like this is one of those measure of a man episodes you know yeah no it definitely is freaking like it definitely isn't the ending Batman would have wanted. But it was, it's a solid, it's a solid two-faced story and freaking, and I never feel like we get enough of those. We've got a couple issues here and there from like All-Star Batman and obviously we got freaking a long Halloween. Correct. 
you know, freaking not very, not very often do we get really compelling two face stories. That nightfall yeah. uh, show, uh, showcase issue was mm-hmm. one of, was one of my favorite two face issues of all time. You, you can picture the cover in your head right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I've got I've got both of them. Well, man. But, yeah. Oh, it's been, you know, Two Faces. Like I said, it's one of my personal favorites. One of my, definitely my favorite Batman villain. So always, always love getting a good Two Face story. I just realized that there's no Two Face McFarlands. Not one. Uncle Todd, better get on it then. Yeah, he's listening right now. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening. There's your. Uh... He's, 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 He's just trying to figure out which uh, which next uh, next next figure he can make for you that we can get. You know, put his put the, pay for his you know the next semester of his kid's college. I swear to God, man, I'm gonna get an email tomorrow. Like it's gonna be like new Two Face, and it's gonna be like your favorite Two Face, and it's gonna, he he heard the whole thing. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna buy one for you, and then you're gonna be uh, helping me pay Uncle Todd's uh, electricity for the next uh, thirty years of his life. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> Might as well just start sending us the utilities bills. <laughs> it's just going to get paid. No problem. No problem. Hey, Josh, what'd you eat last night? Ramen? New McFarland toys, huh? Yeah. <laughs> they got a new hat. He's got a new hat. He's got a new hat, man. Um, man, the, uh, the last thing I got is uh, Venom, number 10, and... I'm not happy with it. They're turning him into a Bush League Kang. Like, he's fighting different versions of himself. And the story's carrying on. I just... I hate time travel. I I really hate it. It, it, it gets too convoluted. It, it becomes this hazy mess. And no one can ever agree on what's going on. Is that the point? I don't know. Is that is that really what the point of time travel is? That no one can agree upon it? And freaking... That's the the gimmick that everyone enjoys and enjoys time travel books, back and forth meeting different versions of yourself. Uh, what do you think, man? Like, do you? I mean, like, I mean, not even Back to the Future or. Uh, what do you feel about time travel? In terms of the story, yeah, I'm never, never like unless it's Flashpoint. I'm never a huge fan. Or Age of Apocalypse was really cool. Well, that's not time but, travel. Like, that's I, I, I'm not. I'm like that's a that's a developed... they went back in t- Legion Legion went back in time to kill Magneto. That was Professor X, Age of Apocalypse. Very Flash little. Flash went back in time to save his mom. Very little. Freaking. Those were all small so, points, but not. But they were they were key they were key events that alter the entirety of time. No problem with those sort of things, but when it's constant time travel, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The only time I've ever enjoyed it is uh, freaking. Uh, Bishop and Cable, uh, that full-on tête-à-tête during you know uh, Messiah Complex, um, mm-hmm. that that was fun. It wasn't like yeah. them going back and forth in time only affected certain things that didn't matter, and uh, as opposed to what, what I'm talking about, where it's actually integral to the story. Which, like, did you miss last issue? Because if you did, you're screwed. Yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of like. like... I don't know. I've always been more of a, like, with the exception of like X Men, we're kind of a street level comic book fan anyway. 
right? Like my like my Batman's freaking stuff like that. But like freaking Batman Daredevil, but like space stuff doesn't really you know work for me a lot of the time. Freaking uh, time travel is not a huge thing. Freaking the only time I ever really dig time travel is normally involves the flash at some point like that can be fun but overall it's not not definitely not my cup of tea personally no it's it, like it, it, if i have to go back and reread the last 10 issues even though it's been two weeks since the last one just to figure out what's going on I, i'm it's not that i have a problem doing the work it's like it's more of a like you got so convoluted it's the fact that you shouldn't have to correct you should you should want to but you shouldn't have to. It, it, like it ruined one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, like the first like thirty something issues were just killing it. Like the time travel was there, but like it, it got so convoluted. It was Morning Glories, and um, mm-hmm. an image book. Very proud to own. And um, Paper Girls did the same thing for me too. But luckily, it was only thirty mm-hmm. something issues. It wasn't like this big huge mess. Uh, but there were times yeah. where there were times where I'm like, wait a minute, when did this happen? Like, it's only been a month since the last one. Wait a minute, like, if if you if you disjoint someone that's really paying attention, like we are, you've got a problem. Yep. Yeah. Then then you got trouble keeping your story straight. Or I'm autistic and you've just been been really <laughs> nice to me for the past couple of years. <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's cooler once in a while, but you gotta, like I said, you gotta make it easy to follow and not too long that you're freaking going back to, like I said, going back to back issues to try to figure out where the heck you are in the story. You know what, you know where that doesn't happen? New Era Pro Wrestling. Yeah, got a show coming up here freaking October 15th. Live from Mile High on Jason Street, Jason world's Street. largest comic book store. I, mean, I hear you get some designer tickets from that. That's true. Get there early. Get good seats, designer tickets. Someday, maybe even muffins. Some muffins. Or a hot, sh- uh, hot dog and a handshake. No, I'm not touching these people. They're gross. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we love you guys, New Era Faithful, Minefielders. Is it my turn? I think it was your turn last week. Your turn. Alright. Alrighty. Well, thank you guys for listening. See you guys next week. This is Minefields. This is Dangerous. This transmission is over. Buy the t-shirts. Enjoy the show. <laughs>